Hello, I'm your host Gabby and you're listening to Diversity Alliance Talks, the show where we discuss and address those common and sometimes uncommon challenges that need prioritising and authentically working towards to have a real change that impacts society through the events we plan and deliver. To help us on the journey, we speak with diverse people who have lived experience of how inclusivity, equity and accessibility directly affects them in the workplace, events and beyond, as well as speaking with experts who work to make those communities' experiences better so that we can learn from them. Diversity Alliance Talks is about sharing ways for our listeners to develop awareness, knowledge, understanding and empathy, helping individuals and organisations to put in place authentic practices that instigate change. Events have the power to educate, change society and potentially change lives. So, let's go. Thank you for joining us again for our next episode as part of our Honouring Men Month campaign. I wanted to hop on just to warn you that this topic does contain references to suicide um, and suicide prevention. So if this is something that could be triggering for you, then please be aware. We will provide some links uh, to resources and support at the end of this video and also in the description and comments. We hope you get as much out of watching this interview as we got out of taking part in it. So once again, thank you for joining us. So hello, Tom. It's an absolute delight to have you joining us today for the Diversity Alliance campaign, which is really all about honouring men, Men's Month and honouring men. Um, and also it's about men's mental health this month as well. There's a lot of kind of focus on that area. And we've been following you for a while on social media and the story that you share and the way that you're vulnerable, you show empathy and you're really honest and raw as well. I think that is something that people are often kind of scared to do and often can find quite challenging to hear or even to watch. But we think it's really, really valuable um, and going by kind of your feedback that you've had from people who have listened to your story, people want to and need to hear it. So, I mean, I shouldn't really say this, but I think we're really excited about having you in particular on. So thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for the invite and the opportunity. Thanks. It, like, it means a lot that you reached out and, yeah, hopefully help some more people. Yeah. So we could do, isn't it? And <laughs> share, yeah. talk, and you know, see what happens. But um, to start off, why don't we let's start nice and easy? Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? And we'll start with your professional before we start kind of delving in a little bit deeper into your personal life and experiences. Yeah. So obviously, I am speaking as an, an individual, not on behalf of my company. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> clear all that like legal stuff um, out of the way. Um, I once upon a time used to be a police officer. Did that for four years. Um, left there um wasn't wasn't for me um ended up at a trade association did did a couple of years there and then moved to clarion about seven or six and a half seven years ago and um just sort of joined as a marketing exec and now i'm sort of looking after um sort of marketing operations and stuff in the portfolio there on the management mm -hmm. team so um they've looked after me well and um yeah that's that, that's that's what i do now um mm -hmm. 
I've got a quick question, actually, because you said just um, as you were kind of introducing what you know, kind of professional experience has been, you mentioned um, being a police officer, but you said it wasn't for me. Why wasn't it for you specifically, do you think? Um, I, I think the, the, the shortcomings of the Met Police are, are well publicised. Um, I enjoyed the first two years, which um, I don't know what comes under the official secrets. Like, so if the door bursts open and 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 I get dragged away, that you know, that's oh, why. Stop! No, please don't. Um, <laughs> but no, in the first two years, um, I don't know if it's still the case. You put on like response team, and you go out to nine 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 calls, and you deal with stuff like that. You don't really deal with the nitty gritty of policing. You you deal with um, incidents, and you you resolve incidents, and you don't really you, you don't see the politics of the police or anything like that. You just turn up, you deal with stuff and process people and that's that's i you know beginning to end mm. um after those two years you start you know you get moved into a department or you 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 change over and and yeah you start it starts um you start seeing sort of uh shortcomings of the police you start seeing the shortcomings of society mm. um you still you see people in really vulnerable um positions mm. and some some people can switch off like that um, and, and I think that's what that you need for the job that you, you need to have not a lack of empathy but mm. you, you need to not be able to take not to have the ability to take it not take it home with you yeah um, I, I didn't have that um I think what a lot of people don't realize with the police as well um and this this might upset some people but um any sort of unexplained deaths you deal with a lot of dead bodies and yeah. stuff like that and um you yeah. know I still see those people like sometimes when I'm like you know when I'm like dreaming and stuff mm. it just um it just it just wasn't for me and then it all sort of culminated quite nastily and I just yeah I just I was it wasn't yeah I was out anymore yeah I, I, I do not regret one bit um mm. it, it was a really good foundation it got me a mortgage and um, it got me on the property ladder at the age of 21 um mm -hmm. and it yeah. taught me some good um disciplines like being on time and um, some people at work that watch this might laugh um but you know generally punctual <laughs> um and some good ethics like you know standing up when someone more senior approaches you um Ooh. and stuff like that it, it has got some good fundamentals but um mm. as a, as an institution it, i mean i don't need to tell you um yeah. working in diversity you know you, mm. i'm sure you're more than aware of the shortcomings of the police yeah <laughs> yeah indeed thank you for sharing that and i think it's interesting that perhaps we do or you do need to have a personality type to do that sort of job where you can i guess divide and split your personal life away from the job and not let it creep into your personal life and that's something that's not for everyone i don't think i would be able to do that for example but you don't know unless you try do you at the end of the day so you had the experience you learned from it and then we yeah. move forward but um, i'm going to ask something so i'm going to ask how are you today um uh, yeah I'm I'm all right. yeah I'm I'm fine. The reason why I ask that is because how often do people ask and really actually listen to the response or wait for the response? I think sometimes we ask the question without really even really wanting the answer, you know? Yeah. And it's I mean, such yeah, yeah, yeah gone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, like it, it, I th I think you know when something's up with someone and um people ask me how I am and I have learned that sometimes it is easier just to say yeah cool and fine mm -hmm. just because 
Otherwise, well, if you want to sit down for half an hour and we'll chat it through, um, <laughs> like we can. But then, you know, um, the only person that I'm, I'm sort of genuinely honest with is is my my MD, my, my line manager. Again, I don't want to get work involved in this too heavily, but um, mm-hmm. she she genuinely cares um, and has a real empathy. Obviously, she's got a duty of care towards me, but um, I think mm-hmm. on a personal level, she genuinely does care and um, just wants to make sure that um, member of staff's all right. Um, so yeah, like, but like societally, I think yeah, people don't want to don't want to know the real like demons. Like if I if I told people half the stuff that I've woken up feeling like and stuff like that, like it's a real like 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 this guy's um, yeah, it 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 freaked him out. So do you feel like you have to kind of choose? I guess what what I would do personally is if I'm really asking that question, I'm and I'm I'm asking it in a genuine way not just to throw away how are you if I'm really asking the question I want to be looking at the person's face I want to be looking at their body language and trying to see if there's something else behind their response and I guess for you as well maybe that's what when somebody asks you that question how are you I guess you have this whole analysis period of do they really want to know am I really going to share I mean I don't know if that is something that happens or yeah it definitely happens um like as I say if I don't know the person that well like I I try and I, I assume a uh, uh, like quite a sort of one of that word like a, a clown per, like persona um, quite a lot of the time. Like I like to, like notorious for you know just someone that sort of almost I think in the early days like was coasting through their career. Actually, I was working really hard, but I was just I enjoyed a laugh and I came to work to have a laugh and, mm. and in my personal life I have a laugh. But then um, what like when you know when I get home or, or like whatever it's just like as soon as that door closes it's just back to me and like that real slump hits and it's that mm. mask comes off and it's yeah it's so people a lot of the time people used to think before I started getting really vocal mm. that everything was cool with me and I was just I was just that like people person that was just a bit of a laugh like um mm. Mm. and I guess that's kind of you put that in place because we probably want to, well, no, no one wants to feel awful all the time. So if there is a period of time in your day where you can try and feel okay, feel a bit better or connect with people, obviously you're going to take that. But as you mentioned, once you go home and or you're in your own company, that's when kind of your real feelings and emotions come out. And what I think it's important to share as well, in our earlier conversation, you mentioned that you were diagnosed with severe depression and, and bipolar as well. And um, which obviously is affect, affects, you know, the way you're feeling and your moods. I mean, can you tell us a little bit more about that journey when, when you had the diagnosis and then yeah. your journey since then? Yeah, so like since the age of about um, 16, um, uh, sorry. It's also okay. um, Take your time. Since the age of um, about 16, like, like this, I know I've always known there's been something wrong. Um, and it, yeah, like it's just un, just not feeling normal and like not feeling part of like like everyone else. Um, so like the, the depression side of things has never been a secret to me. Mm. Um, and I guess when you're 16, you don't have, or in your early 20s, you don't have that many highs and lows. You don't have things like bonuses and you know like um well you do have relationships but like not quite on the same scale as when you enter your late 20s 30s and you so you don't notice your peaks and troughs as much which Mm. is what bipolar is all about so Mm. I think depression often gets 
sorry, bipolar often gets um, misdiagnosed as just depression because you're only noticing just, oh, I don't feel quite, I don't feel my my normal like seven or eight. Cause I mean, when you're a kid, everything's awesome. <laughs> um, like school's great, like, well, like for most people, um, you're with your mates most of the time, you don't have a mortgage and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas when you enter later life, of course, like you have more peaks and troughs, like you have relationship issues um, or the lack of a relationship or, or whatever. Um, yeah. You've got your mortgage, you've got bills, you've got work, like up, ups and downs. Mm. Um, so it, it, it got to a pretty severe level. Um, and I knew it wasn't just, I knew it wasn't depression. So I went to see a, um, a specialist and like the, the, within about five minutes, the, the guy was like, yeah, you've, I mean, you've quite clearly got bipolar. Like it's, it's quite, quite clear that, that that's, that's what you've got. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a relief to me because I'd sort of knew like I'd heard quite a lot about depression. There's actually mm. different types of bipolar. So like Kanye West, bad example to give, given the like last couple of weeks he's had, I don't really like referencing that guy. Mm. But um, he's got, um, I assume, the type one bipolar where you only experience mania, right. where you don't have the crushing lows, which right. type two, you get both. Mm. Um, you can be someone, I won't say who, but um, said that I have a devil on an angel side. Right. Um, and you'll have 30 days of living a, a normal life um, but then you'll have a like a day or two of crushing like worse than normal depression um, where you, you can still be effective you can still have your place in the workplace and you just need to just some people just need to, you just need to get on with it but then you have this day or two of mania this brilliance this stuff that other people can't do including yourself and you just you just you manage to work it like something clicks and so in a way sometimes I, I don't like to suppress the bipolar it's it's a really odd but it's yeah. something that I've heard from other people like it's right. it's yeah. just this other side of me this angel side that just yeah. takes over how did you feel about that description like devil and angel side how, how do you feel about that I think it's incredibly appropriate because the 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 devil on your shoulder is 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 telling you like I, I had to take down the mirrors in my house um because I didn't want to look at myself um and I just I just I just, I just couldn't bear looking at myself and you know I, I didn't want to put my camera on zoom on because I didn't want to see myself um and uh that became more more common and that became part of my everyday life that happened for like a long time um but in the angel like the the angel side I mean this is completely inappropriate but like you know you, you feel like this like level of charisma like you're taking it some sort of drug or something like you mm. you can go and speak to anyone like at a networking event you can go and speak to anyone be confident be reassured of yourself yeah carry yourself a certain way you're mm. like trying to make make like you know make other people laugh at work and stuff or in your personal like more so in like in bars and stuff like that mm. you feel this invincibility and it is yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a very accurate and a very apt description, personally. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you've, you, okay, so I want to go to when you, you started sharing, I guess, your story online, because you've impacted, you know, over like 200 people more with you sharing your story. When was that moment? And the reason why I thought about it, I'm just trying to give you my, uh, my 
train of thought is obviously you mentioned you know didn't want mirrors in your house you didn't want to look at yourself um zoom was you know a challenge but then obviously you record yourself um on video when did you feel that it was so important for you to share your journey and your story that people needed to hear it and see you speak about it where did that flip and that change come where you felt able to do that and I'm, I'm guessing it's not easy at all don't get me wrong but I guess I want to know the impetus and the reason yeah I, I, so it started off which in the first lockdown and the first like when COVID first hit um all I kept seeing on LinkedIn and everywhere Twitter the news everywhere um was all this bad news and stuff like that so I started it started off as just like some positivity stuff like here's some stuff that people are doing that are in my in my circle yeah. um we did some we we did some charity work me and a couple of mates just banded together and did some charity work like crowdfunded people, everyone gave like a fiver we ended up redecorating the scouts hall so nice. we started it started off as just posting out stuff like that just just to break the noise like because yeah. It was affecting me. I don't know where these people that counted COVID deaths were when, you know, like um, X amount of people a day lose their life to suicide, three quarters of them being men. Over 2,500 people died from suicide. Um, I don't see a count on the news still for that or no. much coverage. But anyway, that's a different story. And so I agree. angry. No, um, I totally agree with you. It's silent. I don't know why we're not talking about it, but this is why we're here today having yeah. this conversation because we need people talking about it out in the open and mainstream, you know. But um, yeah, so it, it went from the positive positivity stuff. Then the sector started to pick up and and stuff like that. So I felt like it had sort of run its course. So like I felt like I'd done my bit. Mm. And then I, I was I, I post quite a lot on Instagram, like quite sort of like stuff I probably wouldn't post on LinkedIn because it's not always suitable. <laughs> yeah. But um, I just decided one night just to post something on Instagram um, because I'd spoken to a few people in person and they said how they were fit like we've done something internal at work that was just a, a, out to people which i won't i won't get into too much depth into but mm -hmm. people came back to, to that and said thanks so much for doing that because i've been going through some stuff and it, that was just a handful of people and we had that response and i was like if i just put out something on Insta, um on linkedin and just be honest with the industry how i'm feeling and some of the like challenges i've had it might it, some other it might make other people that are going through similar stuff feel normal and feel like oh well like I, i'm not blowing my own trumpet but like, i haven't got a terrible career and i haven't done too badly and i'm not just some social outcast just sitting you know um i just thought that it might give empower some other people and the first video I did, like honestly, I had my 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 LinkedIn inbox was rammed full of people asking about if it wasn't them about their partner or um like my like I'm I'm really struggling because you know X Y Z X Y Z and then I just it it just made me like then I I gave that a little rest for a little while and then I just did a second one I think it was mainly spurred on by at a murder of George Floyd like he someone who I won't name posted yeah. something on LinkedIn about being the only black face in a room um and I, like, I, I thought that is a, is if someone can express that but he wasn't saying anything about it it was just his account of yeah. what is his life 
And mm. I thought, if you can show that vulnerability and that honesty, like my, what I'm going for, like I, I can do that and yeah. hopefully have the same effect. So that's how it all came about. Um, yeah. But as I say, my inbox was rammed. And then the second time again, like, and then the, the final, like, like touching bit was like, um, like I still to this day get people and a varying seniority and like different, like just people you just would not think just mm. come up to me and say, like, thanks for saying what you said on Instagram. Like I, I, I was going through a similar thing or like I've, I've got a sister or I've got a whatever, whatever yeah. um, that's been going through it. And I showed them that bit like, and it, it's incredibly humbling. And, yeah. but I guess that was the point of it, but I never expected it to go beyond my, like my social circle, to be honest. Like mm. it was never like clout or anything like that. But I mean, didn't you get like feedback as well that you potentially saved like two lives from having this conversation? It just shows how important it is. Do let me know if you want to pause for a second. That's cool. Um, yeah. So I've got two um text saved on my phone, and they're basically both um. And basically, I'd help save their life. Um, <clears throat> and like, I've done a lot of bad stuff in my, in my, in my life. And I just, um, I think one more, like, what's what's better than that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is. It's, that's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. And it's because of your openness and honesty that people felt that they could reach out and speak with you and it takes such courage and strength when it's something that you know well you're not a professional so you're not a professional psychologist or counselor you're just you're experiencing this as well and to be able to go out and still have the energy the drive the willingness to support others who are going through the same situation is really remarkable it, it truly is so you know really salute you and and thank you for continuing to kind of be you and talk about this and I really hope this video spurs people on to either seek out support or or find someone to speak to if they can you know and for, and for people who are worried about other friends or family or so people in a social circle to maybe take a little bit of time to notice a bit more people's demeanor how they're feeling has, it, has anything changed about the way they're speaking or acting or you know whether that's drinking more you know getting getting more drunk substance abuse things that just varying changes and noticing those things about each other rather than kind of brushing away or sweeping them under the carpet you know yes it's a tough one yeah um so you mentioned that you've had again we're not kind of talking trying to bring your workplace into it too much but i think it's important to highlight when um leaders or when uh people in the workplace are able to kind of offer that support whether that's in a personal kind of context or there's mechanisms and process in place to really support employees and I'm bringing it up because I, I just wanted to delve a little bit deeper into how you're kind of being supported in the workplace because we spend the majority of our time there right it is it's kind of important to you know to feel like there is support there so when we know somebody or or a company is doing it well I think it's important to to mention it if we can yeah yeah a lot of obviously um I'll be careful what I say, but like, I mean, there's nothing yeah, negative. There's, there's there's no negatives to 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 say about my place. So you know, hope they don't yes, mind me speaking. But I mean, we'll soon find out. <laughs> um, oh gosh, quick 
I could post it, Gabby, share, 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 share. Oh, too late. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, I, I just think, into, into, so someone like me, I'm very vocal about, um, not very vocal, I'm vocal about, um, especially to people like that are new on my team, I, I actually speak with them and let them know, like, look, just so you know, um, I've got this. It shouldn't affect our, our working relationship. Um, for some people, I, I, you know, I understand it can, like, you know, my specific, like, Set of circumstance like I just let them know um and it's it's sort of very apparent um I think it's you know a good leader would check it like if someone say isn't as vocal and is, is going through let's even let's just call it a rocky patch just a rough patch mm. where I don't know anything like the relationship could be on the rocks or something like that I know that's not the same as depression but I mean it can lead to depression mm. um it's just I think that that question how are you and as as you say the body language um, alcohol, substance abuse, you know, I'm not going to say I'm a, I'm a, um, uh, how can I say this? Um, 100% clean living. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't say, yeah, like I've always, you know, and I've always like been, you know, I, you know, uh, an angel, mm. but there are, you know, there are people that very clearly have, are, are starting to spiral and you just, um, I think a good leader can, can spot that out. Um, you know, mm. I think, one thing is like personal appearance and and like I've I've been I've been fret like in been friend I, I am friends with people that I've you know have hit rock bottom and their personal appearance that like their house like they've done but like because they're abusing substances or whatever like that's just their thing like they're not they're not taking pride in their work they're not taking pride in their appearance they're not taking pride in anything really because they've given up um that's mm. at a very extreme level mm. but I think just that how are you and just like um just touching base them not getting it too invasive just making yeah. sure everyone's okay um I, I i mean i have a good relationship with with people that i interact with if mm. for one minute i thought there was something wrong i'd i'd speak to the line manager um and right. just that's like i ha you know it's something i have done in my career at some point i won't say when um mm. And just said, look, is is such and such okay? Um, they, they seem like they're like really quiet and stuff like that. Can you keep an eye on them? Mm -hmm. um, and I think sometimes it's better to, have, my personal opinion, it's better to have that frank conversation um, because a lot, I think a lot of people, if they are really struggling, will just open up. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, respect people's privacy. I mean, but you, ha but in what in a workplace, you've got duty of care, so it's it is a, yeah. it is a sticky one. Yeah. But, I think you know if someone's really in trouble and you need to you need to get involved like yeah. um how, how we how are we going to sort this out um I think most places of work have occupational health now right I, yeah well depending um, if it's a large corporate yes but I guess it's a smaller SME or something like that not necessarily but I guess then in place it might have training around mental health first aiders and things like that as a substitute I guess but well, we've got we've actually at work we've, we've actually got both we've got mental health first aiders and occupational health but all I was going to say about the occupational health when I was speaking to the nurse um because she was one of the people I spoke to she said in the 80s and 90s it was predominantly to do with you know uh, is it ergonomics like the way your seats like um, I can't come back to work so my back blah blah so yeah. she never she never deals with that anymore it's all mental health yeah um how do you think because I've 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 noticed and became aware and been aware that 
through lockdown and pandemic and now even kind of post I guess pandemic I've noticed a lot of changes in people close to me do you think this is exasper the lockdowns and the pandemic exasperated mental health issues and I mean I'm obviously I'm asking your opinion I don't you don't know the stats as such but from kind of your interactions with others or the messages that you're getting do you think that definitely had kind of bearing yeah. on increasing yeah that? A hundred percent. Yeah. Like, um, like speaking personally, like I've, I used to be so confident around people and just so mm -hmm. like, uh, just, I mean, I probably, if you ask most people that know me overbearingly, so, but um, <laughs> like, you know, now, now I, I have lost that edge a little bit of um, being able to, not being able to speak to people, but you know, like large crowds and stuff intimidate. Like I went to um, a Tottenham game. Mm. It never has bothered me before but as we were exiting there were probably you know it's a, uh, I think it's like a 70,000 stadium mm. as we were leaving there was just a huge crowd of people and I just I, I literally I sort of like started getting like not anxiety I, I, well yeah let's call it anxiety around it but I've noticed even in interacting with people like um, mm. people are still adjusting again to sort of dealing with other human beings in person I think yeah um, I yeah. like not having to unmute myself um that's that's one positive <laughs> um yeah. but yeah it's 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 so lockdown lockdown crushed me the, the mm -hmm. third one um mm. like broke me like yeah, I won't like, like it, it I, I was I live on my own um same <laughs> it, nightmare right it yeah it broke me like I I I I just wanted to see my friends. I wanted to go down the pub. I just wanted to go into work. I just wanted to do stuff. And I was just sitting in this, you know, talk trade talk, you know, like 15 by 15, you know, room, like just mm. on Zoom calls and just like, yeah, I, I yeah, it, it was hot. Just, it might, I, I couldn't do it again. I've got to be oh. brutally honest. I don't know what would happen. I, I I feel you on that one. And I hear you with that one completely. And I guess that was your escapism before was, being able to go out to the pub, going to work, that was your relief almost in some ways, potentially. I don't know, I'm making making an assumption, obviously, but I feel right. the same way as you. I used to be, I'm known child and I used to be, and I lived with my grandmother who was quite old and wasn't very well. And so I just wanted to always be out of the house that I lived with there because it was quite weighty. It was quite heavy for a child to be living in that kind of um, environment, I guess. So I was constantly out from morning till like it was dark. And that's really stayed with me as an adult as well. I just must have that habit that I, I can't bear to be inside. I feel really, really trapped if I'm indoors and I can't go out. Um, and I used to be one of these people who was out like every single night, not not always partying, but just socializing or going to the cinema, dinner or whatever. But I, I hated being indoors. So obviously, and I've actually got claustrophobia as well. So when lockdown happened, absolute nightmare. And like you said, that third one, I was like, I cannot do this again. I actually moved up north to be closer to a friend with a house in case we went into another lockdown so that I wouldn't be alone because I was like there's 100% no way I could do another one by myself no way and one thing that I did have as a saving grace I guess was that I, I gave up drinking around four, three four years ago and I don't know how I got through the <laughs> lockdown without having a drink but I'm like I am so glad that I wasn't still drinking because I don't I just I would have drunk myself into oblivion essentially if I was still yeah. drinking so I was so glad that that was something that I you know, wasn't doing. I did smoke about a million fags, but <laughs> got to have something, right? <laughs> yeah, you got to have one vice on the go. I mean. But now I'm a lot more um, reclusive, which is so unlike me. I 
I'm exhausted seeing people and being out now. And I was never like that. It, I find it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, mm. And it going from one extreme to the other, I, I just, I just never thought it would it happen. But it, there we are. Yeah. Well, well, let's forget about the lockdowns and pandemic. I just hope we don't have to go through another scenario. I ain't doing it. <laughs> I'll tell you I now. Won't. I'll put it on record. I ain't doing it again. <laughs> Come to Costa Rica with me. That was that was my plan. I'm like, I'm getting out of the UK. <laughs> was the plan. Um. So I think what I'd like to kind of look at now a little bit is. I think I feel like, and I don't know because I'm not in this position. Number one, I'm not a man, and number two, I don't. I have, well, I haven't been diagnosed with suffering from depression or bipolar or anything like that. But so I really would like your kind of insights and feedback on this, I guess. But why do you think there is a stigma around having these conversations still, as we're becoming more of an open society? Uh I know as soon as you open your mouth and say that you struggle, like again, I'm only speaking about my little circle. So yeah. um, bipolar, depression, ADHD. Um, hmm. As soon as you admit to having any weakness or any social disorder, or I mean, this even, I mean, it even extends beyond like you know, I mean, mental stuff. You know, let, let's not even go down that road, but. I think it's people just jump to weak, like weak right. is that like, um, right. mm -hmm. and like, I'm trying to think how to phrase this very diplomatically, but it's not going to come out diplomatic. <laughs> if you can get out of bed with a voice in your head that tells you to kill yourself every morning, get dressed, come to work, do your job I think you've got a lot more mental tenacity and on a certainly on a level playing field with your peers mm. and if anyone wants to call me weak to my face or people that are in the same boat that I know go exact same struggle and then at night it's that as soon as you close that door again you're 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 nothing you're a nobody you're a like you know all these things in your head but still do your job, still perform. I don't think that's, if if that's weak, then I'm weak. Um, but that's, that's I think that's what it is. I think people are too scared. And, um, you know, we don't live in, we're not in caveman, sort of cave, cave people, caveman, cave people. Right? <laughs> cave people. <laughs> um, where um, you, the alpha male does not exist anymore. Like, you know, you just, you, mm. you, <laughs> environments have changed everything's changed we're not it's not the same anymore like we don't need to vibe by those old outdated rules and stereotypes that's it you don't need to go out and chin a buffalo for your dinner like you can just go out to a restaurant like you it's it's perfectly fine to wreck it and part of the first part of solving a problem is recognizing there is one and in all that time just because you won't accept that you've got a mental illness mm. it doesn't mean that you haven't got one and i'm not mm. saying that everyone has got one like yeah. you it's, it's not a badge of honor I, I i mean i i would give anything i would give this house away to trade in in to not be mentally ill like i i, I don't want this i never asked for it i don't want it but mm -hmm. it's the card of the dealt and you've just got to 
get on with it and seek help and get on with it and um, not in the get on with, with it ways of, of like ignore the previous it. generations mm. um but yeah mm. I, I just think it's just you know it's it's that just association with weak and i think it's a very dated concept and actually it not even when i'm recruiting and and stuff like that i, I if if someone showed a bit of vulnerability or something like that i i I, I I wouldn't I certainly wouldn't hold it against them, and I actually think it it speaks more to your character that you've 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 sort of acknowledged it, and you know, um, yeah, it, it just yeah, it just it that just doesn't work for me. Um, I agree. I, that's I agree how some people work. Yeah, I I I personally agree with you in that if you can, as you said, get up each day and and deal with what you're dealing with and be resilient and still show up. That's much. That's that's incredibly brave. That's incredibly strong. You're an incredibly strong person to be able to do that. So I 100% agree. But I wonder also how many men truly would think that was a weakness anyway. If we really, really spoke about it, really, if it was an anonymous kind of, I don't know, questionnaire or something like that, really, how many men would think these things are weak? I don't think as many as we would assume. But I do wonder what are women's roles in this though. How what are we putting on masculinity and men to perhaps make them feel that they have to be or behave a certain way? What can we be doing different as women? Don't know. I probably I've got to be like, I probably wouldn't lay the, the blame of this women's feet. I've got to be honest. I, I think it is a a male thing. Obviously, yeah. like yeah, like maybe society does dictate that you need to be that way um I've never I've never seen it that way um but like yeah I, I don't know I just think the only I thing think... I would say for, for for women it like just that do you know that some of the most supportive people that I've spoken to have been women probably because of the amount of um what's the word I'm looking for not bullying um uh, uh um, um... The amount of sort of criticism and the amount of um hurdles and stuff that women have had to to jump they they yeah. understand and spot these things and 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 yeah and are in a better position to support um i think you hit the nail on the head so it's not necessarily what can can women do i think you said it's society so it, it's a the stories or the messages that have just been kind of feeding through and been ingrained in our conscious and subconscious um to believe and how men and women should be and what our behavior should be and what we should represent without anybody well no a lot of people are thinking hang on a minute it's not that's not the real world anymore that's not how we want to be but things are set up in that way i feel still and yeah. we just break down those structures in society that dictate men should be in this role or men should only be leaders or women should only kind of should do jobs like nursing and teachers i know it's changing don't get me wrong but you're right, it's probably more the societal kind of messaging and structures that are still yeah. upholding this stigma, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, is uh, how can we how, how can you tell women how or and, and or or people um mm. how to how to behave towards people men men uh, people with mental health mm. when there's still people like saying women's job belongs in the kitchen? Like how mm. how can you you know it, this isn't a one horse race? Like there's there's multiple things like you know. And the treatment of gay people and the treatment of like you know ableism and stuff like that it's like 
we've yeah. all got our own battles going on and mm. it's an indictment of society unfortunately um but the one thing we have though is our humanity yeah so as much as those systems might be in place we're all still humans and if we really really dig deep and are honest with ourselves and what our values are then we can start influencing things around us rather than being dictated to by whatever these hierarchies and ideas are I think we need to do that more as humans but sorry yeah. I interrupted you carry on no I th I, yeah I think hit the nail on the head yeah it's just yeah um as I always say on like my LinkedIn posts and my tweets and whatever, just like just just look look out for each other. Just like you know, that's mm. that's if you if you do that, that's all you can do. The decent people will rise to the top, and the people that aren't decent, you ain't gonna change. Yeah, true. Okay, so I've got another question for you, and it's again, it's just your opinion, and this isn't in relation to your current workplace. This is a general what can workplaces do to support in particular men more with um, mental health or having somewhere to go and get support I've, well yeah as, as, as you said like it depends on obviously on company size but like mm -hmm. um in workplaces that i've i've been into and seen like i, I i've never seen like you know like the encouragement of a of a hotline to call or like anything like that i, I think yeah. that would be useful you know you don't want to you don't want to stick posters up everywhere saying you know if you're feeling a bit suicidal speak to your line manager because i mean that's just going to be triggering everyone um mm -hmm. but um mm -hmm. certainly the, the i mean current workplace do it like they encourage like look this is a uh we've, we've got a help we've got a general like health health helpline you've got an hr department whatever um smaller companies I, I you know I don't really know the answer to that one I think it's just I mean smaller companies you should be just keeping an eye on each other in my, in my view mm. uh, whether people are skilled with that expertise I don't know but I as I said that's where inclusive company culture will come in place if you're yeah. quite a new smaller company if you've got that culture that people feel they're able to share They've got the kind of uh, process in place where they know who they can talk to, whether it's just like, you know, as, as you said, their line manager or whoever. Um, and th the culture is that people know they're not going to be judged or they're not going to be reprimanded or they're not going to miss out on opportunities be just because they do open up and, and, and share. And I think we could start that off at the very beginning with um, making sure that the company culture is right so that everyone feels they're able to do that, perhaps. Yeah, I think culture is a, a huge part of it um and that sort of basically going back to one of your questions is why I started doing the LinkedIn post because I was like mm -hmm. well work probably going to be all right with this um like I've been there a long time and um if I just speak my mind and you know I just say something you know I'll, I'll see what what comes back but but like they were completely fine with it and it was just maybe more people with influence need to speak out you know with some of their own experiences I know I appreciate it's not for some people don't want to wear their dirty laundry in public but um you know I can't watch people like one of my best mates killed himself um a couple of years ago I'd hear that um and it's just um and I I, I can't go through that again um like with, with like a colleague or a family member or so yeah. So sorry to hear that. For those who, for those who maybe haven't seen your LinkedIn videos, what was the first LinkedIn 
video you put out what's the content of that do you remember i can't remember what happened last week um, <laughs> um my um it was just so my, my i'll tell you but i'll start with the easier one my more recent okay. one i basically admitted to being feeling suicidal um and not in a dramatic way not in a just that i'd sort of i'd given up um and i was i was feeling suicidal and um I was sort of done um, and it just and it was something that was playing in my mind and I was battling it and um, but there were but that and then I always try and do this with all my like I try and end on a like I don't want to just put it out and then make thousands of people worried um, mm. it was just like a but there must be light at the end of the tunnel because otherwise what's the point like what's the point and I did reinforce like the effect that my friend's had on me and it's still something i have to carry um the first one i think i just spoke about um having bipolar and just what it like the impact it had on my my day-to-day -day life but mm. the fact that i was still held in quite a high regard or at least i think i am um held in quite a high regard at work like in the industry um and it hasn't impacted, like, I mean, it has impacted my life dramatically. It's, it's it, like, to be honest, it's robbed me of like my adulthood a little bit, but right. it had getting help and stuff like that um, is possible. And don't feel like, don't, don't suffer in silence, basically, because you ain't going to get a badge um, at mm. the end of it. And there's, there's nothing wrong with going and getting help. Um, like, thousands of tens of thousands of other people hundreds of thousands of other people have done it yeah. um but three quarters of um suicides are male um exactly. and it's predominantly from white and mixed backgrounds yeah and um what's the age range well like 35 to 50 or? It's, the, it's the biggest killer of men under 50 yeah and it's oh, not adults, adults under 50 sorry yeah um, so, and it's yeah. just not really spoken about. And, and and as I say, with all of these kind of campaigns and topics where we're focusing on different communities and groups and their experiences, like just because it is like Mental Health Awareness Month doesn't mean we just all talk about it there and all kind of commit to doing something or you and then not carry on with that support and the, and that discussion after the event we we're, we're here to stimulate the conversation but it needs to continue it's not for a month or you know would you be happy to kind of share with us and feel free to obviously say no um what sort of support you get or have received yeah so i don't receive at the minute any um uh any, any like psychiatric report uh, support or anything like that what i do do like obviously I've, I've i know what works so for me personally like i i take what's called a beta blocker mm -hmm. um, and again i'm not a scientist i'm not a psychiatrist i'm not a psychologist i'm not a chiropractor <laughs> whatever um <laughs> i am just a marketing person so like don't take this as like the, the like what you need to do something that works for you essentially yeah um i take a beta blocker which is basically if I feel a bit anxious or I feel a bit stressed or whatever, it's um, just something that stops a signal being sent um, from your brain and just mm. it just calms you down in, almost almost immediately and just enables you to get on with like on with your work. You're completely compass mentis. Mm. Um, other people go on SSRIs, sensory 
receptive inhibitors. I can't remember what the first S is for, which is more of a script. So like you take a tablet per day, stuff like that. Um, mm. But I take, uh, it's called propranolol. Um, I've probably said that wrong. Um, but yeah, I'm just, yeah. yeah. It's it's just it's just a, a pill that you take just as and when they try they say I think not more than three a day but like just take one as and when and it just um, but it's it, the, my main thing's talking like I chat to my I've, I've got my social my social circle are a bunch of misfits and we just we've just yeah. banded together and um, we just have a laugh and it's just when thing when it hits the fan like we we talk and um, good that's quite useful and I'm there at work like people at work know that what what you know what I'm like mm. and I've, I've had you know people reach out to me and, and talk um good so I think that's just as powerful mm. it, 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 you know I'd rather they went and saw someone professional yeah before we wrap up I just wanted to delve or ask actually and again feel free to not uh not answer my question but is there a reason why you don't want to go and see, like go and have counselling or seek psychiatric support at all? Is there a particular reason, personal reason for you? Um, yeah, so I, I have had, so I've, over 16 years, I've seen multiple like psychiatrists, counsellors, stuff right. like that. Um, I think I've exhausted those those right. options. Um, okay. There's and, and I've learned what my, my triggers and stuff are. Like one of my triggers is like, for example, relationships, um, you know, um don't want to get too far into it but like I've realized like those could be a, a real trigger for me like not that I don't want to get into like you know there's any sort of domestic stuff going on here but do you mean romantic uh, relationships or do you yes. mean yeah yeah. Mm. yeah just um like they 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 don't always sort of they just they just don't seem to ever click um and it and it sort of causes real stress to me so mm. not something I actively pursue um alcohol yeah and drugs and stuff like that are, are other things that if you're going to do them um you know either stop doing them or or do them in a moderation and if if you're noticing a pattern of doing those things and it then you know two or three days that are having an impact you or, or the same day having an impact you yeah. you need to work out what's a priority is it is it yeah. your mental health or having a having a drink or having a whatever um mm. but yeah that, that's the only reason i have sought i have sought that help but my sort of final resolution is like this 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 medication it seems to work um i still have crippling days um like mentally but i, I do still seem to be able to get on with my work and stuff but um yeah there's there's i, I don't know i don't know what the future holds to be perfectly honest right I mean and that's that was something as well we normally end our kind of conversations with our um interviewers by saying what's next to you and I was really conscious of like I don't I don't think I even really want to necessarily ask that question I think that can put quite a lot of pressure on people and I don't know for somebody in your position whether that is not something you want to think about talk about or answer um is it a day-to-day -day thing you know it's it yeah it just take each day as it comes mm. what will be will be um mm. i like helping others so maybe there's something in that um mm. it seems to sort of 
but yeah, just on, on a mental, you know, uh, nothing's guaranteed. But you know, as a very cliche saying, everyone dies, not everyone lives. So mm. you know, just gotta get 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 some get some hobbies, get some projects lined up, and yeah. Thank you. Now, I'm, I'm, and I'm very aware that you, as you mentioned already, that you like to end on positive or end end on a high. Would you have a message for those people who are listening or watching today? Yeah, um, don't have to oh, positive, whatever. Um, Say what you want. It doesn't have to be positive. Just what your message would be. If you're feeling in any way troubled. Um, and this can be on a severity of one to 10, but especially on the latter end of the scale, do not be a martyr, don't struggle in silence, speak to someone, do not be afraid of the consequences. There is not a company I know that will fire you for being mm. mentally vulnerable at a point, quite the opposite. They'll look, to, in, my, in my opinion, look to protect you. Even if it's in your personal life, go and speak to someone, do not become a statistic. The impact it will have on other people will live with them for the rest of their lives. Mm. And nothing is ever as bad as it seems. It, it, you might think it's the end of the world and the next day the situation might have resolved itself, whether it's financial, romantic, anything. Mm. Just stop. Don't, don't make a snap decision on something that could impact so many people and so many things and yeah there's 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 always potential for a better day tomorrow so just just try and hold on to that thank you i appreciate that and we will be sharing some resources and places that people can go for additional support and to talk and and i just appreciate you once again for sharing your story and i know we've spoken a few times and, and every time you know i'm always humbled and amazed and I just appreciate you for being you and sharing and I hope people get something out of this conversation yeah it was great Th thanks thanks for having me and um, I'm sure we'll be in touch afterwards anyway we will 100% If you'd like to find out more about how Diversity Alliance can support your business through its EDI journey, email gabby at diversityalliance.co.uk. If you'd like EDI news and resources delivered directly to your inbox, head to our website, diversityalliance.co.uk, where you can register. Just a note to say, you can also catch these interviews on our YouTube channel. Just search for Diversity Alliance, where you'll also be able to view the episode transcript. And finally, if you enjoyed this episode, do leave us a review. Thank you.